0: ESPN. This is Bet LA
1: with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN, and we're getting you set tonight with all the wagering and fantasy information you need for the NBA, MLB, golf. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now.
2: We are getting you ready with all the wagering. That's for sure. <laughs> Uh, NBA, NHL, we've got the French open and the Memorial preview coming your way this hour. So we're going to get you locked and loaded for NBA, NHL, tennis, golf, you name it. Uh, each and every week I host a bet digital show on ESPN plus. And, um, and I've got a variety cast of characters who, uh, who, who join me on the program And Andre Snellings is someone who's been joining me quite frequently. If you listen to the show on a regular basis, you've heard him before. Uh, We heard from Eric Moody earlier in the first hour. I thought it'd be great uh, to share the conversation I had earlier today on our Bet Digital show with Andre Andre Snellings, uh, breaking down the NBA series as well as the MVP. Let's listen in. All right, guys, uh, let's break down the series within itself and, and, and look at some of the, uh, the odds out there in, in, in the exact way that you can play this. Uh, the one that is favored is Denver to win in five, right? So, uh, and you could get that at plus 240. For Denver to win in seven is plus 350. If you think they're gonna sweep plus 525, so you just take a look at how you can play this series exactly. I don't want to leave out my the Miami Heat. I'm sure there's people out there who do believe Miami's gonna win this series. But Dre, let's start with you. How are you gonna play this series, my friend?
0: From this list, I would go with the nuggets, I mean the nuggets to win four to three. I picked them in seven. I, I actually would like the spread better, in which case I might take Miami with the spread. But from this exact list, I picked the nuggets in seven because they've been the best best team in these playoffs thus far, and they've earned the respect. I don't think the Heat have an answer for Jokic, and that ultimately that could be the difference, but the Heat scrap. They make it really difficult on their opponents, and they play stylistically this, it's kind of like a three-out style instead of five-out, where they surround Jimmy Butler with all of these three-point shooters, and they've been the number one three-point shooting team in the playoffs thus far, just ahead of the Nuggets. The Nuggets haven't seen a team like that, so I think they'll have some difficulties with them. But ultimately, I think they should win in a, another long, exciting series.
2: I, I think I think the series with the Miami Heat and the Celtics uh, just really took the gas out of the Miami Heat. And as we know, the Denver Nuggets play so well at home. This is a few ways I'm playing it. I've got the Nuggets winning in five, which means they're going to win two at home. Uh, Then I've got them winning one on the road in Miami, then coming back and sealing the deal in five. I'm going to play the spread as Denver minus one and a half. I'm also going to play the under at five and a half, just in case you think there's a possibility that they might sweep, which I think they very well could. So again, that's how I see this playing out. Denver taking the first two at home, winning one on the road in Miami, then coming back and winning it in five. They've had nine days rest. They haven't played since May 22nd. They're averaging 120 points per 100 possessions. I don't believe the Heat have an answer for Jokic as well. Bam, with all due respect, I just don't think defensively he's gonna be able. If if AD could limit Jokic, who put up 28 points, 14 and a half rebounds, 12 assists a game against AD, who plays a lot better Divas than Bam Adebayo, uh, then of course you got Murray, who's averaging 32 points a game against the Lakers. I just think the Lakers defense, yes, the Miami Heat are a lot more physical, um, but that, that Lakers defense, especially in the postseason, top five in the NBA, is they after they, they, they went through that trade deadline, they were playing excellent defense. And another thing, I, I know we haven't talked about Spolster yet, but that has been a, a huge advantage for the Miami Heat. A lot of people feel that Eric Spolster is the best coach in the NBA. Not that he's met his match um, against the Denver Nuggets, but the, the, the coaching team there uh, is I would say just as good, but is going to give him a run for his money as well. Let's take a look ahead to Game One, right? And this is the the, the Nuggets are at home; they're favored by eight and a half. The over/unders under is nineteen. How are you playing this Game One tomorrow night?
0: Yeah, uh, it looks like the line's actually gone to nine. So I'm going Nuggets plus nine. I mean, I'm sorry, Heat plus nine because. A lot has been made about how long of a rest the Nuggets have had. It's been like a week and a half since their last game. But I don't really buy the rest-rust argument. Uh, My colleague Kevin Pelton has pointed out that of the last nine times this has happened, where one team has had such a long rest before hosting the first uh, game of the playoffs, they're 8-1. So I expect the Nuggets to play well. But I think the Heat are up at an edge right now. They've had to to play their heart out to beat the Celtics. But at the same time, I don't expect a letdown because the Heat know, they hear all the time, they can't beat the Nuggets. They're not as good as the Nuggets. So they're going to have to really dig deep and, and try to steal this first game. And oh, by the way, the Heat are undefeated in game ones in this playoffs. They won the first game in all three series up to this point including against the teams with the first and second best records in the NBA in the regular season. So I expect the Heat to play well. I think that the altitude in Denver might and, and, and tired legs might be enough to let the Nuggets kind of pull it out in the end, but I expect a close game. So if you're giving me nine points with the Heat, I'll take that in game one.
2: I'm going polar opposite here, Trey. I'm going to lay the points with with the Denver Nuggets. I know, no surprise to many. Um, Also, I'm going to play the first half. You can play the first half, Denver Nuggets, minus five. And also, I'm going to play the under here at 219. Again, we talk about it. Everyone's heard about how great Denver, they thrive at home. They've got the best home record in the NBA, even better than the Golden State Warriors. They're 30-18-1 and against the spread this season. And first games in the postseason, they beat beat the T-Wolves by 29, Dre. They beat the Suns by 18, and they beat the Lakers by six. But at the half, they were up 21 points. As I said, nobody could defend Jokic. I think Caldwell Pope and Aaron Gordon are gonna play good defense against Jimmy Butler. Denver, fifth best defense in the NBA at home in regard to defensive efficiency. The Heat, one in five against the spread, their last six games in Denver, and nine in 25 against the spread, their last 34 games in Denver. So I like Denver a lot. Probably my favorite play is Denver, minus five at the half, and I do like the under as well. Let's take a look at some of those MVP odds. I've been on Jokic since day one. In fact, at one point in time, your odds for Jokic to win the MVP was even better than Denver to win the championship. And let's be honest. Uh, if Denver wins the championship, I think it's a no-brainer. Jokic does uh, win the MVP. If the Heat win, I don't think it's a, a, a. I think it's a no-brainer as well. Jimmy Butler more than likely will win the MVP. But taking a look at uh, at these MVP final odds here. You know, are you going to go out of that Jokic or Jimmy Butler box? Is there a guy that you would take a shot on that you think outside of Jokic and Jimmy Butler would win the MVP, Dre?
0: Yeah, I, I would entertain Jamal Murray at plus 800 because, so first of all, to your point, the Joker is the biggest favorite to win the MVP, finals MVP, going into the finals that we've had in the last 20 years when, we, when, when these bets have been available. He beat out a bunch of LeBron and Kobe seasons for the biggest favorite that we've had. But with that said, a lot of times, even if the best player on the best team that wins doesn't always end up being the Finals MVP, because the Finals MVP is a lot about moments and narrative and timing. And we just got done talking about how Jamal Murray in the last season, last series, averaged 32 and a half points a game. In fact, he and Jokic became only the fourth pair of teammates in NBA history to average, one to average 30 plus points and the other to average a triple double over an entire series. The first to do it was Magic and Kareem back in 1980. So that's the level that these two are playing on. And if Murray is able to flirt with that 30 point per game again, and he has a couple of those big games and wins that really catch the eye, it ain't the one, I think that Jokic should be the favorite to win the, the Finals MVP, but it 8-1 payout, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have a little bit of action on uh, uh, Jamal Murray as well.
2: If you listened to me a few weeks ago, I told you, run, don't walk to that window and put your money down on Jokic. Uh, again, we saw him win the Western Conference Finals MVP. He leads the team in points, rebounds, and assists. And here's some interesting stats for you. Only 24 players in the history of the, in the NBA have recorded a 30-point playoff triple-double. Jokic is averaging that every night. It's just marinating that for a minute. It's really unbelievable. Also, he scored his eighth, he put up his eighth triple-double this postseason, breaking Wilt Chamberlain's record for the most triple-doubles in a single playoff. It, it, it's really it's, it's really unbelievable. But if you do believe that the Celtics are going to win, I'm with you. I agree with you. I think there's some value on Murray. And if you think the Heat are going to win, I'm with you. I love Caleb Martin. He's been an ATM machine for me <laughs> in regard to over points uh, this entire series against the Boston Celtics. So I'm with you guys there. Uh, before we let you go, we've got the French opening happening. Dre, you love the dabble in tennis as well. And the big storyline, no Nadal, right? No Nadal, no he's owned the French Open. He's owned the clay court. So with that being said, let's start with the men's side. Uh, who do you have winning this, this season?
0: Yeah, um, I'm not betting against Novak Djokovic in a major, particularly with Rafa Nadal out. Um, Djokovic is fighting for, you know, his spot in history to have the most major wins, and he's tied with Rafa right now. I, I have to believe he would like nothing better than to break and set the all-time record at his main rival's home uh, major, as you will. So I, I, I'm i going with Djokovic at plus 200 on the men's side. On the women's side, I'm also, well, I'm going, I guess, more chalk, I'm going with Iga Sviatek, because she's the best player in the world, and this is on all surfaces, but clay is her best surface. So, and and she's like a cyborg at at, at, at Roland Garros. As a matter of fact, Rafa's her favorite player, and she's kind of becoming the female version of Nadal at the French Open. She's won two of the last three, and unless something unusual happens, I expect that to be three out of the next four um, when this fortnight ends.
2: Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on Bet uh, this afternoon, getting everybody ready for the NBA Finals. I'm sure we'll see you even more frequently as this series progresses. Thank you so much. All right, as always, we like to end the show, with before I let you go, and it's Wednesday. What does that mean? The memorial it starts tomorrow. Let's talk. Tomorrow. Again, uh, that is uh, that's Bet. Our our digital show, you can tune in to Monday, Wednesday, and Friday uh, on ESPN+. And Andre Snellings, as well as Eric Moody, getting you ready for the NBA Finals. The tip-off tomorrow. The heat going up against the Nuggets. Quick break. We come back. We're also going to get you ready for the French Open and the Memorial Tournament. The track that Jack built. That next, right here on 710 ESPN.
3: Bet LA, L.A. with Anita, Anita Marks. Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet L.A. and back to Anita Marks.
2: You, you really, if you've been listening to the show since we kicked off uh, at, at 7 p.m., um, you have to feel really good about where you will potentially spend your money on this uh, this this NBA Finals Championship. We got you series game 1 futures bets prop bets uh we've we've done it all with eric moody and uh and and andre snellings that's for sure uh, we're going to spend the remainder of the show getting you ready for the french open very interesting right like nadal not there it's kind of weird right it's like um it's tiger not playing at the masters it's serena not playing at wimbledon or the us open it's I don't know whatever uh, analogy you want to use, uh, but it just it, it, it feels weird. So, is is the field, especially in the men's, wide open? Um, Jokovic is 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 this his time? You know, he, he's looking to win another major, and and just I'm sure it would be extremely sweet. To do it at the French Open on the clay uh, to surpass Nadal in in the number of of majors that Nadal has. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna do a deep dive and, and and get you ready for the French Open. It's already started, but uh, really we're not in the thick of it yet. And then of course uh, the Memorial is happening tomorrow. They tee off bright and early tomorrow morning. I love Patrick Cantlay. We're gonna dive into all that. Uh, he's just been. A beast. There's something about him and Jack. There's some unity there. Uh, he's made the cut here six times. He's got two wins. So for me, it's all about Patrick Cantlay, uh, who will be teeing off tomorrow, who I do believe uh, will, uh, will be in the final uh, twosome and an opportunity at the top leaderboard to win. So we'll see what happens there. So uh, we're going to get you ready for the French Open. We're going to get you ready for the Memorial. After the Memorial, by the way, is the Canadian Open. And then, of course, L.A., get ready. The PGA Tour is coming to you. It's going to be in your own backyard for the U.S. Open at the L.A. Country Club. Really unbelievable. Anyway, sit tight, buckle up uh, with you for another 40 minutes. Talking French Open and Memorial next here on 710 ESPN.
3: Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks.
2: All right, Bet LA is getting you ready for the French Open, several miles away, uh, but nonetheless, Julia Elbaba joins us now, uh, former uh, tennis pro and uh, and now commentating and uh, and helping us make some picks. Uh, as uh, as the French Open is happening, so Julia, thank you so much for joining us here on Seven Ten ESPN. How you doing? Hi Anita, thank you so much. Uh, doing well, enjoying
3: some clay court tennis
2: over in Paris. Yeah, so so a few things. Um, no Nadal, and, and it's one of my dearest friends who's the biggest Nadal fan. All she does is wear his logo hats and and whatnot has been dying to go over there just to watch nadal play and then um and then of course so you can't even begin to know imagine the disappointment for her that this is her first time heading over there to watch the french open with no nadal Uh, was it a surprise to you in the tennis community that he elected to to and decided not to play this this year You know, the French Open is a lot different without the
3: king of clay, Rafael Nadal. And truth be told, the Nadal era is coming to a close. He had his press conference a couple of weeks ago, and fans were like, he's either not going to play the French Open or he's retiring. What's going on? And the bottom line is, is he did say he would probably be retiring at the end of 2024. And he's coming back hopefully this season in September for the Davis cup finals, but French open without Nadal just doesn't really feel right.
2: No, it, it, it certainly does not. Um, and, and, and just for folks out there that are, that, you know, don't, don't follow a lot of tennis, don't know a lot about tennis. Why, why was Nadal so great on clay? Right? Like, and, and, and you know, he was, he was great all around, but obviously, as you said, the king of clay, what, what was it, about his game that made him so good on clay.
3: Yeah, he's not. He hasn't missed a French Open since his debut in two thousand and five. So he's thirty six years old, fourteen time French Open singles champion. You know his game. He plays with so much topspin. He will stay out on the court all day long, just work his opponents to death till they're exhausted. Uh, he moves tremendously. His endurance is better than anyone. Although he's getting a little older now, he's still, you know, the king of clay. And he just knows how to play so well on that clay. Transitions to the net.
2: Knows how to close out the point at the net. And no other can really do it like him. So, again, you know, it's, it's, it is disappointing that he's not participating this season. Um, but I, I guess my question to you then now, does it open up the door for Djokovic to come in impossibly win another Grand Slam on the clay, which his, right, his rival dominated yeah. for so many years. Uh, you could get Djokovic uh, to win at plus 210. Kind of break down the men's game for us. Right. So we have
3: Al- Carlos Alcaraz, the Spaniard, who's favorite now. Djokovic second. The draw really does open up without Nadal. Um, it will probably come down to those two, Alcaraz and Djokovic. Djokovic is trying to win his 23rd Grand Slam singles title. He's trying to surpass Nadal, who's also at 22. So this is a, there's a lot on the line here. You know, there's history, there's bragging rights, and it's just going to be interesting to see if he can really pull it pull you know through and get past the Carlos Alcaraz, who's just remarkable on that clay. He's got the home crowd. Oops somehow just because he's a Spaniard and he's so good on the clay, he has that home crowd just from the clay. It's remarkable.
2: Right, because it's it, I, I think a lot of Spaniards uh who follow tennis feel like, you know, he's gonna pick up where Nadal left off, right? Where where yes. he'll, they'll 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 continue to dominate. <laughs> That's exactly right.
3: We've got some other tough contenders. We've got Casper Rudd, who made the final last year. Yannick Sinner, and then Holger Run. So we'll see. We'll really see. But it's looking good for, you know, Alcarez or Djokovic. But, you know, mm, my money's on Djokovic because he knows how to win a Grand Slam better than many others, especially anyone left in the draw. So my money's on him.
2: Uh, well, actually, my money, I've already gone to the window, and I'm, I'm on Carlos. Uh, oh. I just, you know, and every, I mean, just everything that I'm reading, you know, four wins this season, and he checks all the boxes, right? Power drop shot. He's fast, as you said. Nadal is really, you know, athletic and fast. And in regard to that, that endurance, uh, we'll see what happens. But man, uh, will we be in a treat if it does get to, uh, to to those two guys in the finals? That's for sure. Before we move on to the women, uh, Medvedev, he uh, he has been ousted. He it, it kind of share what exactly happened. Who did he lose to? Why did he lose? How, how big of an upset is this that uh, that he's not still in, in this tournament? Huge upset.
3: He lost to a qualifier from Brazil, ranked number 172 in the world. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right. Tiago Sebald Wild. I've never heard of him. So this is a huge upset. <laughs> uh, basically, what happened is is, you know, Medvedev, he's a tall guy. He's not meant for the clay. He doesn't move well. Give him a drop shot, and he can barely get there. So while he is consistent, yes, he just doesn't have that clay court game that we see. You know, he dominates the hard courts. We'll see him at the U.S. Open in New York in a couple of months, you know, destroying everyone. But the clay, it's not for him.
2: Interesting. Okay. Um, so let's turn our attention to the ladies Um, and, uh, two of the last three, uh, French opens had been won, uh, by the same person. So, um, you know, how, how competitive is, is this women's division? It's kind of similar to the men's side.
3: We've got two, in my opinion, contenders. We've got number one seed, Iga Swiatek, and we've got number two seed, Arnya Sabalenka. Um... These two women have shown they can battle. They've exchanged a few wins in the past few months in the Clay Court warm-up events. On the women's side, you know, Swiatek is the overwhelming favorite to win the tournament. But we've got Coco, who she could face in the semifinals, which would be a repeat of the 2020 French Open final. Mm. The experience obviously goes to Iga. You know, she has a few Grand Slam wins under her belt, championship wins, but...
2: You know, Coco can really hang. So uh, with that being said, and, and, and let me just give the, the I'm going to give the uh, the odds that are out there right now. So uh, so Iga is is minus one twenty five. Again, she's won the last two of the three. She's actually lost. She's actually won 18 of her last 19 matches. Sabalenka is four to one and Coco's 40 to one. So that's some good numbers, you know. Any, any, any love, any hope, any opportunity for Coco Goff to win this at forty to one, Julia? Oh, I know you want to hear a yes,
3: Anita. I know we want to see the next, you know, incredible American. You know, now that Serena she's said, said her farewells last year at the U.S. Open, we want to see another American dominate, and she is going to. But I don't think she's there yet, and not on the clay, at least. Although she does play a good clay court game. Just Giga is her experience, her confidence. It's through the roof. But two players I want to mention that are dark horses in the draw right now that are playing phenomenally, phenomenally, (laughs) is Sloane Stevens on the American side. She already won a U.S. Open championship. I believe it was in 2017, but she kind of has faded a little bit. But now she's on fire again, and she's gonna go deep in this draw. So my eyes are are fully on
2: her right now. Uh, interesting. What about um? And, and I'm probably not gonna be pronouncing this uh, properly, but what about Elena uh, Rubikina? Reb- Reb- Rubikina. Reb- Another. She's, pl-
3: great
2: she's plus three. She's plus seven fifty. She plays a
3: also I'd say a good hard court game, very aggressive she has her really strong weeks as well. can she pull off a massive upset but like against ego or Arnya? I do think so. Um, it'll take you know a lot of patience though on the clay for her to get through I'd say to the
2: final and potentially win a championship here So you've got ego winning at minus 125. I do have ego winning. I do. Okay, I know we talked about it. It's okay. It's right. <laughs> it, just because you're. <laughs> listen, we're here to help people win money. Uh, we're, we're not here to be patriotic all the time. Uh, Coco Golf is uh, is. But you have an opportunity to to root for some Americans in the doubles with Coco Golf and Jessica Pagulia, who's the daughter of the owner of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they are double partners, and um, and you could get them. To win in in doubles at uh, some good odds, I want to say right now they're eight to one.
3: They are a team that you want to put your money on because, first of all, everyone loves that American duo. Even though they are in Paris, people recognize them on the singles court. A lot of times, you know, tennis fans they love to see singles players out there. You don't really remember, you know, a really good doubles team as much as two singles players just, you know, just tearing it up on the doubles court. Those are two incredibly talented players on both the singles and doubles court. They have great sportsmanship. They just light up every court they play on. Just There's lots of great energy out there. And between, you know, I play against Bagua in doubles. Her, her ball is just, it rips through the court. You can barely see it. So I wouldn't want to be the net player on the other side. Against Pagula and Coco, so yeah, we'll we'll see them make it deep.
2: Julia El Baba joining us uh, to preview uh, what's to come in the French Open. She likes uh, Djokovic to win. You could get him again at uh, at plus two ten, and uh, Swiatek, um, Swiatek to win at minus one twenty five. By the way, you can parlay that at plus four forty. You can parlay that at plus 440 before I let you go. Uh Julia, do you play pickleball? <laughs> I see you've been playing pickleball and you might have gotten an injury. Is that so? I do. I've got a big fat lip right now. I got I got hit in the face with that wiffle ball. Um yeah, so I'm I'm re- <laughs> well, I, as I said in my Instagram post, at least I don't have to pay for lip, fuller, uh, lip fill- filler this month. Uh, but nonetheless do do you play do you play pickleball because i i have been bit and i am addicted you know i've played once i love it so i'm going to ask you will you play with me yeah absolutely come come down to hoboken girl we'll play all day rosé all day pickleball <laughs> od- all day as well uh all right I'm julia on my thank
3: way.
2: you you're so cute julia thank you so much really a pleasure appreciate it Thank you so much, Anita. Speak to you next time. You got it. Uh, Julian, breaking down the French Open, uh, we're going to stay with the individual sports. We're going to preview the memorial that tees off tomorrow. Jimmy Hanlon will be joining us next. You're listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN. In LA with, with Anita Marks. Marks. Right now, let's get back to Bet LA and back to Anita Marks. Welcome back to Bet LA. Need a marks with you. Time to get you locked and loaded for the Memorial Tournament happening happening at Murfield Village, uh, and that is where, of course, the track that Jack built. Jimmy Hanlon joining us now, as he does frequently on the program. He's got his own golf programs, TV, radio, uh, and uh, and is always a treat whenever we have him on here. Seven ten ESPN. Jimmy, welcome in. How you doing?
1: Oh, I'm great. I'm sitting in Dublin, Ohio, actually, and I just uh, you know was over at the golf course earlier today, going to play golf in the morning, and then head back over to the tournament tomorrow, and life is good in Ohio right now. 80 degrees, it's been sunny and beautiful.
2: Wow. Uh, When I grow up, I want to be just like you. Ah, Let's ah. talk about this track for a second. Of course, like I said, the track that Jack built, Water in Play, from what I understand, 11 of the 18 holes, Small Greens, Bent Grass. Uh, the one metric that everything I read up on this tournament that really has a lot of significance is strokes gained T to green. Four of the last six winners finished first in strokes gained T to green. But you know this track better than most um, you, because you've played it several times. So please, uh, let us live vicariously through you. How does this play?
1: Yeah, I mean, the golf course is great, right? So Jack has is, is continued to keep it up. It's kind of funny, Anita. So Jack has been a proponent, I think, of of like dulling down the golf ball, you know, and, and making a golf ball it doesn't go as far because of being able to, you know, keep it keep it in play, right? I mean, with these golf courses having to get longer and longer. Which is kind of funny to me because I think that Jack Nicholas has done a tremendous job of being able to keep Muirfield Village a golf course that doesn't have to be seventy, nine hundred yards. And, and it's difficult, you know, it is a golf course that these guys just never eat up, right? And and part of that is he continues to redo it, right? He he makes it different. Um, to me right now, I think of the seventh hole, it's a par five. You guys will see it this week as you're watching the TV telecast. Um, it went from a hole that you drive it down there with a three wood, and you're going to have a shot over water, but you can bail out to the right and pretty easily get it up and down, and it's, it's, a, it's a very simple uh, birdie. Now, the green is half the size of what it was. The bailout to the right is a very difficult chip shot on most, uh, on mo- you know, for most up and downs. And if you do bail out, it's not an easy birdie anymore. And so Jack's done a tremendous job on the golf course. There, it's a ball striker's golf course. Jack was a ball striker. That's what he. That's you know, he's one of the best ball strikers to ever live, if not the best ever to ever live. So that's what he wants in this golf course. So you're going to see people, as you said, strokes game, tee to green, guys that can really strike the ball, hit it in a fairway, hit greens. Those are the people that are going to win here. You're not going to miss greens and win at the Memorial. It's just not going to happen. There are no easy up and downs. The greens are probably at a 13-plus. Chad Marks is the golf course superintendent. He's been there for probably a decade, and he's phenomenal, and it's in perfect shape. We haven't had a lot of rain here, Anita, so you're not going to see soft conditions. I'm sure that Jack's licking his chops because it's firm and fast, just like he wants to play.
2: Uh, so so with that being said, again, strokes gain, tee to green was one of the most important metrics I looked at uh, coming in, picking the guys that I think are going to win. Greens in regulation, another in driving accuracy. Um more so than drive, driving distance. Uh, in, in looking at the previous winners, this is what has stood out, guys who finished, you know, whether it's first overall, top five, top ten, top 20 in those categories. So uh, so what, what? give me your top three metrics, guys that need, what, what guys need to have in their bag in order to score and win this weekend.
1: Well, I'm going to give you a secret play right here that nobody knows about, only just going to be us right now, all right, Nita? So Jason Day lives here in Columbus. He plays Muirfield a ton. I've been making the turn and seen him on the putting green, practicing with the, with the string and the lines, and he knows the golf course probably better than anybody that's going to tee it up. To me, that's a huge advantage, especially with how many changes that Jax makes. And the other side of it is we've seen lately, Jason Day is very healthy, right? We haven't seen a healthy Jason Day in a long time. So I love him this week. I love his chances to win. It is hard to win when you're in your hometown. He's going to have a lot of people out there. You know, I know he's not from Columbus, but he's lived here a long time, right? And so a lot of people know him. He's very popular in this area. He, you know, he's, his family's growing up here. So I love him just for the fact of how well he knows Mirfield Village. I, I think it, putting him being healthy and that together um, is really, really strong. Um, besides that, I, you know, and I've talked about him a little bit on your show over the weeks. I see Ricky Fowler getting better and better every week. I see him starting to find his golf swing a little bit, starting to play better golf. Um, and he's a great he, – he drives it very well. When Ricky's playing good, he drives the golf ball very well. You don't have to hit driver around Muirfield, right? You just really don't. You don't have to hit driver a ton around Muirfield. You can you can three-wood this golf course and keep it in play and, and not have tremendously long irons into these greens. You just can't miss them if, if you do. Um, so I like Ricky. And I'll give you one more. I love Sun J.M. He's just a great ball striker. You know, I I think that he's just waiting to be put on the same pedestal as Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm. I think he's that level of player. And part of it's his ball striking. So I like him a lot.
2: Wow. Um, Okay. well, let's give those uh, what those odds are. Uh, Jason Day to win this bad boy 25 to 1. You can still get him to finish in the top five at five to one, top ten at plus two forty. You just talked me into putting some coin on him. Uh, Ricky Fowler, <laughs> one of my favorite golfers on tour in this season, has been uh, very different um, for him. Uh, you know, the, the last few years have have just not been good. Uh, he's been really consistent this year. Thirty-five to one to win, seven to one to finish in the top five, plus three twenty to finish in the top ten, and Sanjay M same thirty five to one uh seven, and plus three twenty so uh so those are the three guys uh that Jimmy Hanlon likes heading into uh this uh, this week's tournament. I'll tell you the guys that I like, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree. love it, and I don't think I'm going on on a limb here, Jimmy, uh, but I love Patrick cantley uh he loves yeah. this track, second in all time earnings, six for six in regard to cuts made with two wins second in strokes gained off the tee, first in total driving, ninth in accuracy. Data golf gives him a 9.3% chance of winning right behind Scotty Scheffler. And oh, by the way, he's got uh Tigers former caddy on his bag, Joe LaCava. So with that being said, your thoughts on Cantlay?
1: Well, I mean, he just drives it so well, right? I mean, that's the key with Patrick Cantlay is just how well he drives the golf ball. So, I mean, he's going to put himself in a position, um, to be successful because he's going to keep it out of the rough, right? And that's the key here at Muirfield Village. And he has great success here. It's a great pick. I mean, it's one of those ones that um, it's really hard to argue. I mean, how do you have a case against that? Because he has great success here. Um, He plays the golf course very well. And, again, just the way he drives the golf ball means that he's probably going to be in the golf tournament for sure.
2: Uh, another guy that I like is uh, is Shoffley. I've got him finishing in the top 10 at plus 140. Data Golf gives him a 5.9% chance of winning. He's got seven top 20s since uh, since his last major. And, and this is a course that does fit him well. Thoughts on Shoffley?
1: So I'm a big Xander Shoffley fan. I do see him trending a little in the wrong way right now. I feel like that he's just he just hasn't found his game in 2023 like I feel like he was playing in 21 and 22. Um, so you know you can't you can't like everybody even though I do I just love golf <laughs> you know I love watching these guys play, but I, that's the one thing I think against Andrew. He at one point I thought was maybe the best ball striker on tour. I mean at one point um, he just he just never missed a shot. At this point right now in 23, I just haven't seen it from him yet. He hasn't really just caught fire yet I think he could maybe it happens at Muirfield but for me I, I'm not going to put any money on him just for the fact that I want to see him just catch a little more fire before he does that
2: um what about Hatton to finish in the top 20 you can get it plus 110 his game is on been on point uh he's finished in uh, in the top 20 his last four starts and I I was I was reading where uh guys who perform well on the Florida swing typically perform well uh in this tournament and and we know that uh that, that Hatton has thrived especially this season on that Florida swing. Your your thoughts on Hatton?
1: Well, I love Terrell Hatton. I pick him in majors all the time in my in my pool pools and stuff like that. Like I'm always thinking Terrell Hatton's going to come out of nowhere, right? You know, the thing for Terrell Hatton this week will be, you know, does he hit a shot that just makes him so mad that he's going to break every club in his back? Because that's his M.O., right? He just has this temper that he he just doesn't really have. He has a hard time controlling. So if Muirfield doesn't pull that temper out, you know, he could do very well. He just has to stay relaxed. The thing that happens at Muirfield Village is at some point over 72 holes, it's going to grab you, right? It just does. There's a lot of water out there, right? There's a lot of shots that you can maybe miss a little bit and you think it's not that bad. and can turn out really bad, right? You got to stay patient. It's very similar to a major championship. You're not going to go bogey free. You can't get upset when you make a bogey. Um, you hit it in the water, stay patient, maybe, you know, try to not let it get worse than, than what it already is. And so that'll be key for Terrell Hatton is really for him to just stay patient. It's a, it's a very good test for him as a major I think Terrell Hatton's a guy that we're going to see win a major championship. He just has to grow a little more. He has to get to the point where he accepts bad shots. And, and so we'll, we'll see. It's a great test for him this week.
2: And last but not least, give me Thigala. Uh, to finish in the top 20 at 2-1, to one, tied for fifth here last year, third in strokes game T to green, put on a clinic, to be quite frank. Uh, he just makes cuts here, even though, yeah, two for two. and And his game has been so great. I'm just like I feel like each and every week I watch him play, I root for him, and I feel like he's right on the precipice of winning his first PGA Tour uh, tournament, and and this 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 might be it. Your your thoughts on Thigala? Yeah, I mean,
1: I love him, right? I mean, he's exciting. Fans love him, right? And they really do. Um, I think you typically see players that play well here, that have experience here, and see the golf course a lot. Um, And I, you know, he hasn't been here a ton, obviously. Um, But he does have incredible. He's one of those guys opposite of of, um, Terrell Hatton that I think just kind of plays within his own game, right? Makes a mistake, makes a bogey, is okay with it, doesn't kind of freak out at all. Um, The fans will get behind him this week if he starts to play well. They really will. I mean, I think that um, he's a popular player in Columbus, Dublin, Columbus and Dublin, Ohio. They have very educated golf fans, right? They, they know golf. This is the home of Jack Nicklaus. They know golf. So I think that they definitely will, you know, if he gets out there on Thursday and Friday and he gets up there near the leaderboard, he'll be a popular player here through the weekend. And I think that they uh, will get behind him. That would be great for his career. And, and, and I think he's a star waiting waiting to happen.
2: Jimmy Hanlon joining us here on uh, BET LA, getting you ready for the Memorial Tease off bright and early tomorrow morning, so make sure, run, don't walk, get your bets in. Uh, he definitely, Jimmy, you definitely sold me on Jason Day, that's for sure. A few other topics I, I want to touch on with you before I let you go. Um, you know, we, we saw Grillo win last week following this tournament they go to Canada I know a lot of the big names won't go because they're getting ready for the U.S. Open taking place at the LA Country Club obviously we're we're on air here in LA a lot of people excited about that and I know we've spoken about this before Scotty Scheffler favored right now to win that tournament which is really surprising to me considering his putter has just not been good well Good good for us, but not good enough uh to, to win the type of tournaments that we've seen Scotty win before. Plus eight fifty. John Rom comes in at nine to one. Rory ten to one. Brooks Kepka twelve to one. Uh you're coming into this, I, I, I know we're we're a few weeks away, but is there one player that stands out to you right now that you would go to the window on?
1: Well, I think it's somebody right now that is going to be similar similar to, to Muirfield, right? So a guy that can drive it really well, because I think that's that you're going to have to drive it well. Up. Any U.S. Open, you got to drive it well, right? But that's going to be um, what I'm looking at right now. I mean, I, you know, how do you not like Brooks Koepka right now, right? Second in the Masters, first in the PGA, and is not looking back right now, right? I mean, he's got to be a guy that, that you're looking at to say, okay, I mean, how do I not put some money on this guy? I mean, he's got to show me that he's not going to win uh, to make to make that happen, Scotty scares me a little bit. I I, I never bet guys that have cold putters. I'm just going to tell you right now, it just doesn't happen. I just not that he can't come out of it, and not that a putter can't get hot, but that's not where I'm going with it. I, I like guys that can roll the roll the rock a little bit. Rahm's going to be one for sure that I'm going to look at. Um, Brooks Kepka's just going to be that guy though, and and I really think, and again, he has not played great in major championships at this point right now, but I really think that DJ is going to come out and play well pretty soon in a major. He's just He just, he'll play pretty good, and then he'll kind of fall back on a Saturday, and he just isn't quite there yet. But he's so, so, so talented. And he just has everything about him that makes you good in a major championship. The patience, the, the guy that just doesn't get too mad and, and, or too high or too low. And, you know, the kind of odds that we're going to get on DJ until he wins again, are just so good, and, and, and I, just, I just don't know how you just don't put a little bit of money on DJ uh, in every major until he wins again because it's going to happen. It's just a foregone conclusion.
2: And right now you could get Dustin Johnson at 28 to one, 28 to one to win the US. Open. it is it it is insane Uh, jimmy thank you so much for joining us as always Uh, such a pleasure having you on uh and and enjoy the enjoy the the rest of the week and the weekend my friend
1: yeah it's gonna be fun here in dublin i'm I'm excited to be here and thanks for having me on
2: you got it you got it jimmy hanlon joining us here on bet la that that concludes our show we've got you I, i feel like i say this locked and loaded we get all our bases covered uh, no pun intended, um, heading into the week, the rest of the week, and of course the weekend. So we got you ready for the Memorial. We got you ready for the French Open. No Nadal, but no worries. Uh, still some good competition ahead. Uh, Stormy Bonantani joined us to talk some NHL, getting you ready for that series that kicks off between the Florida Panthers and the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And of course, uh, Andre Snellings and, uh, and Eric Moody. Uh, who joined me throughout to, uh, to really preview and get you ready for that NBA Finals between the Miami Heat and, of course, the Denver Nuggets. Uh, I want to thank our producers, Tyler and Rebecca, as always, doing a phenomenal job covering and uh, working on the show. That's for sure. A lot of moving parts behind uh, these doors, and they do a great job. I'm back with you bright and early Sunday morning for On the Tee with Anita Marks. Make sure you tune into that. We'll be getting you ready for the final round, the Sunday round, heading into Memorial. I'll see you then. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bet LA here on 710 ESPN.